This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Interest rates are higher. I know people don't like that, but you should be welcoming a stronger economy. Maybe a deal has a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled with the blood of the workers. The United States is a country that has always paid all of its bills. Lannister always pays his debts. Don't let the bastards get you. Hello and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam, and we're joined, as always, by my little older brother and real-life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, g'day, Adam. How you going? Good, thank you. Thomas, uh, back for season 27 or something like that of CVE. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome, uh, and thank you for choosing to spend your time to try out our little podcast. Uh, if you're a long-time listener, then welcome back to you. Thank you for your patience during the break. Uh, Thomas and I did have a little bit of time off, but now we're back. And raring to get into it. Thomas, how was your break? Uh, fruitful? Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was productive. Fix inflation? Yeah, right. You seen the data? <laughs> took, no. Took care of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, good, good. I had a little little um, little um side hustle. I've been, did a little sprint oh, yeah. at. So, yeah, push that Ooh. along. So, watch this space. Tasty. Me too, actually. Oh. I'm going to tell you a bit more about it today. Uh-huh. I suspect our side hustles may be quite different. Ah, right. Is yours organic soap? No. <laughs> close uh, very close yeah well mine was good too. i had a good break i went to darwin uh, uh yeah that was fun saw some jumping crocodiles or as i learned they're not jumping crocodiles they're vertical swimming crocodiles oh technically they swim vertically they don't jump oh. if you think about it which is true but i felt like tomato really, tomato like yeah <laughs> i don't know that anyone's renaming the spectacular jumping crocodile cruise to the spectacular <laughs> vertical swimming crocodiles but we'll see and the fifa women's world cup of course uh, the matildas ah uh, how good was that wasn't that a cracker um we didn't have the matildas play in adelaide so we did go and see morocco play south korea and we went all in morocco we had flags signs uh. the whole works and Look, I think uh, I don't want to say that we were wholly and solely responsible, but at least in part for Morocco's first ever goal and their first ever win at the World Cup. No. The kids enjoyed it. The kids enjoyed the whole World Cup. It was amazing. Mm. But, Thomas, massive show coming up mm. as always. In fact, slightly more massive than previously uh, in response to popular demand. Uh, but, massive show coming up, Thomas. The results are in of our family wager that we had to see who would be first to be quoted by the AFR. Spoiler alert, it's not mum. Uh, we'll check in on China and ask, are you okay? Are you okay day September 14th, by the way? We'll see how China's doing. Uh, legalised marijuana dealers in the States have been forced to go cash only after they were blocked by Visa. The one customer rocking a Visa card was reportedly quite chill about the decision. Um, In what could be a new segment for the show, 
what's AI ruining now? Uh, <laughs> this time, mushrooms and possibly people. And could there be money in human tears? Uh, and if so, is it the end of society as we know it? But first, Thomas, it wouldn't be an episode of CVE without talking inflation, rates and wages, the triple threat of economics. What have you got for us? Yeah, well, over the break, I mean, the, the narrative was that you know, we needed to stomp on inflation, get it under mm. control. Rates needed to, we had the, you know, the most epic rate hike cycle in history. That was all needed because rates were on a breakaway, wages were on a breakaway, um, and then it's all just fallen in a heap. We got the inflation for July last month came in at four point nine percent. Well, that was down from expected five point two percent, so that's falling very quickly. Right, the monthly data is falling much faster than expected. Uh, you also got the wage price index. So the big the big fear was always we're going to get this wage price spiral that people were going to get a, like <laughs> this unreasonable expectation that their wages should keep pace with inflation and their purchasing power shouldn't <laughs> fall. <laughs> so so everyone's talking hard about why w- workers shouldn't do that. And workers mm. listened to them and we got a wage growth of three the wage price index of 3.6% in the June quarter which was weaker than expected and is really a nothing burger. Like wages could get up to four and a half percent before they're taking inflation out of the target, sort of the way the mass works out. Yeah. So there's there's no pressure from wages into inflation. Right. And zero evidence of a wage price spiral. Wages break out in the data yet, but we've been talking to businesses. We have a liaison program where we go out and hmm. do lunch and they're telling us <laughs> – <laughs> I'm picturing just one of those things like they have at the server. Yeah. Like how was your experience? You just have to whack yeah. on like a, a little smiley face or a frowny face. <laughs> just have lunch at this big fancy lunch at a nice restaurant, silver service, and then on the way out. <laughs> how do you feel like we're going, by the way? Good. Yeah, no, so they said they've been asking businesses about, about wages, what their wages outlook, and they got a lot of angry faces. Yeah, and and they were saying yeah, with like based on liaison, we expect inflation to like wages to launch above four four percent, four or five percent. It didn't happen, and so it's a bit like oh, cause it, I don't know. To me, it's a little bit weak. You know, like you were talking down workers getting a, a pay rise because inflation is going to be it's going to lead into inflation. It just didn't happen, and not so. And so now real wages, so de- deflating wages by inflation. It's gone off a cliff and we're back to 2010 levels. So your pe- people's purchasing power is back to where it was in 2010. Right. Is that Was it good in 2010? Uh, Sorry, I'm just a slightly distracted by the pan pipes that are going <laughs> off in the back. I'm glad that uh, <laughs> after a break of TVE for a little while, <laughs> you might have thought we were off building a studio that had soundproofing and other other modern mod cons. But no, this week's distraction, some <laughs> flutes. <laughs> oh, it's recorders. Uh, We've, it's, we're in the recorder phase of education now. <laughs> <laughs> My little boy's uh, home the sick. worst, the worst phase of education. Why is it? I don't want to get off topic here, but why is it that schools persist with recorders? As a, is it just to punish parents for something? Uh, anyway, um, what does that what does that mean for rates then? Um, well, we're done. Right? I think we're done. I think we're done. I think we've got to be done. Like there was talk about maybe one more, but like. 
bit embarrassing to be hiking now, I reckon, with inflation mm. clearly coming off, zero evidence of, of wage prices, wages breaking mm. out. I don't know. I not, think one to, not one to shy, shy away from embarrassing decisions, though, Phil Lowe, is he? He's, he's, well, Phil's he's gone. That's the, other, that's the other thing. Oh, he's gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the new, oh, you oh, missed that? Oh, we got the new governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Michelle I knew Bullock. he was going. I thought he was going in September, which I know it's the 4th of September. I just pegged it late September. Definitely. He's in the handover phase, if not. We are taking a slightly more lightweight research approach to CV at the moment, so um, perhaps we should confirm whether the, <laughs> the RBA governor is still employed or not. Um, It'll be a matter of weeks. Oh. Um, like, yeah, it's, right. de- it's definitely on the way out. He didn't get reappointed. Michelle Michelle Bullock's been named the, yeah. the incoming governor. Yeah, I, mm. I know she was named, mm. but I didn't know. I didn't know the transition, the handover had happened. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to. He has to show around the office. Show where all the <laughs> filings. Kept. Here's the coffee, <laughs> the cafe, the tea and coffee making facilities. <laughs> all right, Thomas, you owe me fifty bucks. <laughs> Uh, remember our bet that we had to see who would be the first one to be quoted by the AFR, the Australian Financial Review. Uh, you lose, sucker. It was me. I was the one. Ah. Uh, there was a article over the break that quoted directly yours truly. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you the story. So just like you, I, mean, I was busy over the break, uh, and I can reveal that I am the person responsible for the viral, the most viral thing since COVID. Uh, Twitter account, which is at TrackMyBrown. I set up this account in June and what I'm doing with it is something very simple. I'm tracking Nathan Brown's same game multis on Sportsbet, right? And it's not because I'm a, an avid punter, although I have, have had a punt in the past. Uh, it's because I think they are a complete sham. And maybe some listeners don't know what that is. <laughs> So pick a game of footy, right? Any team, doesn't matter. Maybe you want to place a bet on multiple markets that are available in that game. So uh, maybe you want to back the first goal scorer. Someone Someone to get perhaps 25 disposals. Someone else to kick two or more goals. And all of those markets have a price. And usually they're fairly low. They're, you know, $1.20 for, um, I don't know, Jack Rewalt for Richmond to kick two goals, right? He's a full forward for Richmond. So it's the likely thing to happen. Might Maybe you get odds of $1.20. So that's not the most attractive odds. So what Sportsbet suggests you do and other bookies uh, is they encourage you to multiply those odds together. So to take that one, combine it with someone else, maybe Dustin Martin to get 30 disposals and maybe the Richmond Tigers to win the game. And you put all those three markets together and all of a sudden, hey, presto, you've got combined odds of, I don't know, Three dollars instead of the the dollar twenty. Oh, okay. From my from a misspent misspent twenties, <laughs> betting on things, and then looking at at uh, spending a, way too much time looking at how to how to win and using arbitrage and other things to try and um, maximize the the chances of winning. And then Thomas, you'll be happy to know, spending a bit of time learning about expected value and some some statistics, um, that. Combining those things together is actually greatly reducing your chances of success. It's not, it's not increasing at all. But what it does is it makes it seem like the person's getting better odds. So what you're really doing is you're taking the edge that the bookmaker already has against you and you are then compounding that edge a bit like interest rates or, you know, a, a bit like 
compounding your investments <laughs> or compounding your losses, uh, maybe more to the point. So, um, so what they do is they wheel out Brownie, who was an ex-footy player, uh, and he's actually the brand ambassador. <laughs> uh, this is his role. Uh, he was formerly the ambassador to Ecuador, but he couldn't secure <laughs> Julian Assange's release. <laughs> So he's taken up a less senior role as ambassador to punters. So what they do is they wheel him out before each and every game. And I was a bit fascinated by this. I'm like, this is this is a recipe for losing money. And they get to trot him out before each game. The AFL seemed quite supportive of this endeavor. Um, and and I thought, I wonder how he goes. And I realized. So he, that, so he, he gives people tips on the same yeah, MLP yeah. does. He, he says, goes, you, sh- you should do this. Yeah, put this one, this one, this one, and this one together. You'll get $5 odds. Hey, you know, but for 20 bucks, you win 100 bucks. And I was always fascinated at how, how, the, how it worked out, what his results were like. So, but then I realized you couldn't find them anywhere because what happens is they put this they put this footage up and it's all over socials and other places. But as soon as the thing's been run, as soon as the game's been played, you can't find it anywhere. You can't find the results. You can't find the odds. So I thought I'm going to do a community service here and I'm going to start an account where I'm going to track uh, and just see how the odds go. How do you reckon he went, Thomas? If he was putting, if you were to put on uh, a bet every game using, say, three or more markets in a multi, how do you reckon he goes, percentage-wise? bit worse than a coin toss? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A bit worse than a coin yeah, 20%. So 20%, with less than 20% of the time. So that's after tracking 84 matches. Wow. Um, 84 matches, winning less than 20% of the time. And I was using hypothetical stakes of $20 per multi just to kind of make it a bit more real. So if you were to bet $20 on each of those 84 matches, you would be minus $569 (laughs) at the moment. And so I started this account just for a bit of fun, for a bit of kind of, you know, a bit of education as much as anything, just to try and show people, look, this is not a good way to make money. This is Mm. what, this is what, uh, bookies want you to do they want mm. you to use the multis they'd, they'd much rather you did this than put twenty dollars on richmond winning the game outright as a head-to-head market um, because it's very hard to know what the edge is in these markets so i did this and then lo and behold one day i get tagged uh by a guy called mark de stefano who's uh, a journalist at the afr who's then written an entire article oh. um calling out Sportsbet, calling out the AFL for the the really tight relationship that they yeah, seem to have. Yeah. Um, and wouldn't you know it, Thomas, I'll track my brown in the AFR. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, it's good to see that economics degree paying off for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, so they're just, so they're just normalising gambling, right, by having hmm. this guy at the front of every, this is a tele- televised match, right? So it's like yeah, yeah. kids watching it. Yeah. Well, I th- and, and in fact, Mark called that out in his article. He's like, you know, you sit down with your nine-year-old you know, son or daughter to watch the footy yeah. and the first thing you have to sit through is Brownie dishing off his odds for the same game multi. Um, well, back in my day, we only used to have uh, head-to-head markets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mm. I've read a few times now that Australia's got a gambling problem. Australia has more, Australia spends more per capita um, 
on gambling yeah, than yeah, I right. think just about any other country in the world. Um, although now the US has legalized it, so stay yeah. tuned. Because <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they're going to get pretty keen uh, now that you can now that you can bet outside of Vegas. But there you go, Thomas. So I win. You win. You owe me fifty bucks. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah fight the good fight fight the good fight if you or someone you know needs support with gambling you can call the gambling helpline on 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelpline.org.au Thomas, China, what's going on? Yeah, this is this is a story that's sort of leaping at the moment the financial papers into the mainstream press I saw ABC do an article mm. on this the other day so just worried about China Chinese economy looking a bit bit wobbly so they had a problem with the youth unemployment rate was lifting rapidly got up to 21 percent so one more than one in five chinese under 24 are unemployed um so you know what the chinese government did no they 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 stopped publishing it obviously so we're gonna gonna stop publishing (laughs) that one (laughs) can't have a problem with it some data that doesn't exist can you yeah, so the, and this is the thing that this isn't this isn't the first. They had the same story with consumer confidence. So everyone was looking at the consumer confidence data because the the big thing is like the Chinese real estate has been the the driver of the Chinese economy for quite a long time. So apparently, it's the biggest asset class in the world. Chinese real estate that that basket, um, and it's tanking. Sales are tanking. Prices are falling. Prices are controlled by the government, and even then, they're falling. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of developers that are going bust that are missing missing bond payments. So everything looks like it's falling over. So then they're looking at the consumers. Well, can the consumers take up the slack and can, can consumers drive the economy? And so they look at the consumer confidence data and it's like, ooh, they're not looking happy. That's not, that's not looking good. And then the Chinese government are like, actually, we're, we're canning the consumer confidence data too. <laughs> can we get the yeah. weather? Can you, can you give us the, the seven-day forecast? Oh, look, we'll, do, we'll tell you what's happening tomorrow. But beyond that, no. Yeah. So, yeah, so things are looking looking a bit bit shaky in China. And, and it's interesting, people, like how, how important you think this is depends like one guy follow says it's not it's not going to be a rerun of the gfc china's not that systemically important but it, it kind of is for australia because a lot of our mm. rno or for last 10 years has been going into the chinese build out that's rapidly coming to an end um right. yeah so we i don't know i think i think it has it's going to have a it's going to have a bigger impact on australia than it will on the us for example so it might it might not cause a global financial crisis but it could make things a bit bumpy for us. Right. What do we do? Stop looking at stop it. Think, else? No, just stop looking stop, at it. <laughs> just stop looking at it. <laughs> stop publishing our iron ore export data for a start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we take a break there? We'll be back with more CVE right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. You're on Comedian versus Economist. You can send us an email if you like, cve at equitymates.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at CVE Podcast. All right, Thomas, in a blow for uh, legalized marijuana in the United States, MasterCard have banned purchasing weed with MasterCard. So, wow. Uh, yeah. So, my deal is going to be Devo. <laughs> <laughs> he just bought a square no reader more. and everything. <laughs> There'll be no more pay wave. It's an interesting one because even though buying weed and smoking weed, uh, marijuana, we should call it. Cannabis, we should call it. Cannabis, okay. <laughs> marijuana is a, a racial <laughs> No, marijuana is a racial slur. It was invented in the 20s to sort of demonize marijuana by making it sound Mexican. Really? Yeah, yeah, marijuana. That's why it's... Well, it's Mary, Mary Jane. That's, that's the Spanish hmm. version of that. And it was used... They, it was promoted by the cotton industry to demonize marijuana because it was hemp hemp was undermining cotton oh there you go yeah so we should use cannabis is that is the politically correct term okay or hooch i don't want to offend anyone yeah. or, or sticky icky <laughs> um so even though it's legal in a lot of states in the u.s now mastercard are banning any cannabis vendors from allowing payment with mastercard because at a federal level Marijuana is still illegal. And MasterCard is saying we need to operate within the federal laws. Right. But even though it's legal to buy it in your state, we would be falling foul of the federal laws. So so if you walk into a shop to purchase a a few fat ones, um, they can't take your car, which is going to be so confusing, which is not what weed smokers need. (laughs) They need simple... They need a simple payments process to 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 make their purchases. I think, like, like imagine walking into the shop just being like, uh, "What? I hang on, I've got my card right. Yeah, but we can't buy it. Yeah, but it's legal here, right? Yes, it is legal, but I'm not allowed to use it because my card's illegal. Yes, that's correct. Your card is illegal. They did try and work around it with cashless ATMs, which I didn't know were a thing. Cashless ATMs in the states. Uh, a system like an ATM, but instead of getting money from the ATM, you put your card in, you put your PIN in, and then it prints you a docket, which you then take to the cashier at the front of the shop, and they give you cash. Wow. But in this case, what they did is you took your docket to the cashier at the front, and they gave you like a 50 bag instead of <laughs> cash. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wow. Wow. But what I think the thing that bothers me the most about this story is you can buy cryptocurrency with MasterCard. Uh-huh. And so this is just going to be like you can pay for crypto with credit as far as I understand. And so we're going to ban a legal sale of something like marijuana, cannabis, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Like it's 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 illegal to like it's legal to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just going to push it towards cryptocurrency, right? We've just created utility for cryptocurrency, which then MasterCard and Visa are going to miss out on all the transaction fees. Because if I if it was me, I'd just go. Well, I'll buy some Bitcoin, mm. then go to my my legal weed shop and use my Bitcoin, 
to buy some some cannabis. So I feel like they're just cutting themselves out of the market. Mm, mm. I don't know. I guess when you're a multinational finance organization, maybe they're like, yeah, we're fine without the uh, we're fine without the cannabis business. And I mean, it's the, and it is the big advantage of cryptos. They just don't feel beholden to federal laws. <laughs> Or exactly any laws. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. The only problem is Apparently, by the time you get to the counter, your 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 bitcoins halved in value. Yes, it's halved in value. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hang on, I said fifty bag. I don't know. You just you just getting a stick. Um, <laughs> Apparently, if you try and buy weed with a MasterCard now, it just makes a bong sound. And the <laughs> transaction is declined. <laughs> All right, Thomas, what is AI ruining now? Yes, apparently mushrooms. Well, mushrooms and people ingesting mushrooms. So the, the New York Mycelium Society has issued a warning um, saying that there's a whole bunch of AI written uh, mushroom books. On, available for to purchase on Amazon. It's not just the New York Mycelium Society being alarmist again, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Any chance they get. <laughs> yeah. They get a bit paranoid when they start hanging out with the New York Cannabis Appreciation <laughs> Society. Yeah, yeah. No, because it's like, well, because mushrooms, you know, you eat the wrong mushroom and you're dead. And AI isn't very good at helping people understand uh, the difference between deadly and edible mushrooms. Right. People are publishing these mushroom books and, and actually selling them as field, like this one here, The Ultimate Mushroom Books Field Guide of the Southwest, An Essential Guide to Foraging Edible and Non-Edible Mushrooms Outdoors and Indoors. <laughs> who's, who's foraging <laughs> mushrooms indoors? <laughs> yeah. Might be time to clean the carpets, I reckon. If you're if you're inside yeah. foraging, <laughs> it should be the first giveaway, right? That the the book is probably not maybe written by a human when they're talking about foraging inside. Foraging indoors, right? Like the author's fake. Well, the author's published twenty titles in the past two months, so either they're just banging them out or mm, prolific, prolific, yeah, or they're just it's just some guy with ChatGPT. So the title's been written by ChatGPT. The book itself's been written by ChatGPT. The bio of the author, also written by ChatGPT. So it's just all spun out. Like some, It's probably taken someone an hour to make. They're selling it on Amazon and they're putting people in real risk of like just eating the wrong mushrooms and ending up dead. Yeah, no, 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 it's serious business. You, you pick the wrong one. Like there's, there's ones that look quite like the ones you're looking for. If you don't know the signs, you're going to end up in hospital. All right. So what's the lesson here then? I think one of the dangers of ChatGPT and AI that a few people are pointing to, I think is quite real, is that we just end up smothered in a wave of bullshit, of just junk content, really hard to distinguish actual information. All right, Thomas, finally on the show this week, and could this be the next big thing in tech? A team of researchers in Singapore has come up with a tiny micrometer-thin battery that can store energy from human tears. What? What do you mean? Like they they made a battery that's powered by your sadness. Um, By the chemical reaction of tears or something, you mean? Yeah, I think so. They came up with some smart contact lenses, right, because that's what the world needed. Um, after the raging success that was Google Glass, you know, after Google canned that, 
they've gone, no, no, we need smart contact lenses. But the only, the barrier that they had to going full production with the smart contact lenses is that they didn't have a way to power them. Ah. So, because obviously <laughs> they they did do some, some closed testing with a, a small group of people hanging a battery off their eyeball. <laughs> And the focus group said, no, we, <laughs> we, we don't like that. We like the, we like the contact lens. It was just the, the battery hanging off my retina that really felt a bit, a bit clunky. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they've come up. They had the, the smart contact lenses, but they needed a way to power them. Um, oh. And so, yeah, they, they came up with a new battery, and the new battery relies on glucose and water to generate electricity oh. so both of which are safe to humans in their eyeballs um, and would also be less harmful to the environment when when you get rid of them is the, the big selling point so we might be on the cusp of new battery technology wow. powered by tears i do feel like we're glossing over though the smart contact lens <laughs> demand. Like they're saying the smart contact lenses are going to be like augmented reality type stuff. So it'll show you show you directions and things yeah, yeah, right yeah, on your yeah. eyeball. It does seem to go against what we're trying to do with our kids, which is to get them off of screens. <laughs> they're more saying, how about, okay, let's get them off screens. What if instead <laughs> we just like glue something to their eyes? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, interesting thought. It, interesting mm. to think that uh, that sadness and tears could be could be powering could be powering batteries. Could be the next form of is it renewable energy? It's, it's the ne- it's the next logical step for capitalism, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, you, you think about it. Having a baby was often seen as a big financial burden and then we're in a cost of living crisis and so what if that baby instead of being a financial burden could instead act as a store of electricity (laughs) (laughs) connected to the grid connected to the grid people could be you know don't they even like countries like China where they've got they're trying to trying to grow their population because they're they're worried that it's not growing fast enough if babies could be seen instead of a burden but as a as a productivity unit immediately then maybe there's a future oh what a gorgeous <laughs> baby what's his name oh this is Tesla Powerwall um <laughs> All right, thank you so much for tuning in. That's going to do us for this week on CVE. Uh, really do appreciate listening to the show. It's good to be back. Hopefully you've enjoyed this week and we look forward to talking to you again next week. But for us, it is bye for now. Comedian vs. Economist is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Comedian vs. Economist are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Comedian vs Economist acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. 
We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.